There are lots of germs we're exposed to every day, at work, at the grocery store, and even in our own homes. Bacteria and germs, they can cause severe illness. You know to wash your hands when you've been working outside. It's springtime, so if you're planting in your garden, digging in the dirt, you know that dirt is visible. You need to wash your hands. Uh, But there are other times you need to wash your hands, too, because our hands can carry and spread harmful contaminants to our food. With spring and summer outdoor picnics and activities, you want to make sure that you do your part not to spread these things to the foods you consume and to the foods that you serve. Better informed, better prepared. Living a better life in the Upper Cumberland. Your health and you with the Putnam County Health Department. Today on Your Health and You, presented by the Putnam County Health Department, I'm joined by Tiffany Johnson, Environmental Health Specialist with the Putnam County Health Department. Thank you, Tiffany, for joining me today. Now, it's important that we wash our hands and we wash them often. We know that when we cough or sneeze, of course, when it's cold and flu season, if we cough and sneeze into our hands, we know we need to wash them. Uh, Of course, we talk about the importance of that during cold and flu season. But what about just every day, especially when it comes to, say, food preparation? How often should we wash our hands when we're preparing food? You need to wash your hands before and after preparing food, before eating, before and after caring for someone who is sick, before and after treating a cut or wound, after using the restroom, after touching animals, or taking out the garbage. So uh, especially if we're doing all those, like if if you're like me and you're multitasking, so I might be cooking, I might be chopping up and co- I actually think I covered all of those things this weekend because my son was sick. I was sick. Everybody in the house is sick. So I'm taking care of sick people and cooking food and taking out the trash and taking care of the dog. And so I'm washing my hands a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I don't know if... Uh, And this is something that I do. Uh, I know, especially if I'm going to be doing a lot of things like that, um, like if I'm preparing foods and then I'm going to be taking out the trash or something. A lot of times I wear disposable gloves just because I want to, you know, I I know I'm going to be washing my hands a lot anyway. But especially when I'm if like I have a cold and I, you know, I've been sick this weekend. I don't want to touch other people's food with my germy hands (laughs) because even though I've washed them. I, you know, I kind of myself, I just want to take that extra precaution. But when you're handling food, it's it's very important, especially if if like today's world, we're all so busy and we're running around and we're doing so many things at once. You have to actually consciously make sure. And I'm a little OCD, so it's not hard for me to remember to wash my hands. (laughs) But but you do have to make a conscious effort that if you're doing these things, especially if you're kind of mixing them all together, that you've got to wash your hands. That's right. And when you're wearing gloves, you also want to make sure when you change the gloves or take them off to wash your hands in between that, too. I know. And then you have to wait for them to dry before you can put more gloves on. Because then That's they, right. Because <laughs> yeah. then they stick to you. And it's, it's hard. But, but wearing gloves uh, is one thing to do. But washing hands is so incredibly important, uh, especially in preventing cross-contamination. So what is cross-contamination and how does it occur? Okay, a few different ways cross-contamination can occur is um, if a food worker stays on the job while sick, does not wash their hands carefully after using the restroom, if someone's using a cutting board or knife to cut raw foods, raw chicken, raw meat, and then they use that same knife or cutting board to cut sliced tomatoes or ready-to-eat food, that can cause germs from the chicken. 
And um, I know I used to work in a restaurant. And so I know that, you know, we wore gloves and food preparation and we wore aprons. And it was it was posted that we had to remove those before going into the restroom and then get clean ones on, upon coming out mm-hmm. just for that cross-contamination factor. But uh, but that was something we also had uh, in the kitchen where I worked is we had color-coded cutting boards. Mm-hmm. So specific mm-hmm. ones were used for meat and specific ones were used for fish. Specific ones were used for vegetables. Mm-hmm. And I I don't work in a restaurant anymore, but... I still kind of practice those things at home. If I'm cutting meat, then it's always a plastic or, you know, rubber edged cutting board that can go into the dishwasher so that it can get that heat sanitization. And if I'm doing vegetables or breads or things of that nature, then I'll, I might use a wooden cutting board. Mm-hmm. But I never, I never do meats on the wooden cutting board. It just kind of grosses me out. Yes. And, <laughs> and I think that that's probably a source that a lot of people have of cross-contamination, too. Yes. Not just their hands, but the surface that they're cutting on. Yes, that's an excellent practice to separate your raw meats and your ready-to-eat cutting boards. So that's a good practice. And to always wash your hands and the tools that you're using yeah. in between, you know, when you're going from one thing to the next, to thoroughly wash your hands, thoroughly wash the equipment that you're using, knives or, or cutting boards or whatnot, before you go on to the next thing. And I don't know, and this is probably just me, again, from having a restaurant experience, I always, like if I'm going to be using a knife, most of the time I cut up my vegetables and things first so that there's, so that I'm, even though I know I'm going to wash it, I just, I take an extra precaution because I want to touch those things, even though they very likely I might be cooking them, I still don't want to touch them after I've touched the raw meat, even right. though I know I'm going to wash my hands. Right. Yes, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. So that's just, uh, we just don't want you to cross contaminate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's your health and you presented by the Putnam County Health Department. I'm Marsha Lee discussing safe food handling with Tiffany Johnson, environmental health specialist. Now, this time of year, there are even more cooking methods available across the Upper Cumberland. Folks are grilling and they're cooking over fires. But that means that there's an increased importance on internal food temperatures. It's easy to regulate uh, cooking times in your oven and things like that. Uh, you still need to lots of times use a food thermometer and not just use a color and cut test. You need to kind of use a food thermometer to check the internal food temperature. It's even more important, I think, though, when you're dealing with grilling season and cooking outdoors. But uh, I mean, the internal food temperature, it's important because it can affect you. It can make you sick. So what temperatures, Tiffany, should foods be when cooking? According to the FDA food code, Fish, shrimp, and pork should be cooked to 145 degrees at a minimum of 15 seconds. Your ground beef, ground pork, or injected meats should be cooked to 155 degrees for at least 15 seconds. And then all poultry, including ground chicken, ground turkey, your stuffed meats, leftovers, and casseroles should be cooked to at least 165 degrees for 15 seconds. And that's, um, I mean, it's some chicken, especially, mm-hmm. is, is especially difficult. Bone in chicken mm-hmm. is so, it, I mean, it just seems like you have to cook that stuff forever to mm-hmm. get it up to temperature. And it, it is shocking to me that when cooking bone in chicken, 
that some of the the pieces, the larger pieces are the ones that actually get done faster. And then like your chicken leg, you would think that that would get done faster. But that's one of the the chicken leg and the chicken thigh, I guess, because they're denser. Maybe. I mean, it really takes them a lot longer to get up to temperature than other parts. That's right. And you have to be careful when you check the temperature. Make sure the thermometer is not touching the bone because that can affect um, the difference in what temperature outcome you have. But when you check the temperature, you do want to check it in the thickest part, right? That's right. In the thickest part of the meat and try not to touch any bone. All right. Good advice. Now, uh, now that's the heat side of things. Mm-hmm. But there's also a temperature when we're dealing with, you know, everybody's going to have a cold noodle salad. Everybody's going to have some potato salad. Mm-hmm. It's all happening if it hasn't happened already, because that's just the time of year it is. We've got family reunions coming up. We've got company cookouts, all that stuff. And there are cold things. And so what are ideal temperatures that you should keep things at in your refrigerator? Okay, For the refrigerator, food should be stored at 41 degrees or below. And we also talk about keeping foods out of the danger zone. So you any cold food, you want to make sure to keep it 41 degrees or below. And any hot food, try to keep that at 135 degrees or above. You don't want to leave in warm temperatures, you know, like outdoor picnics. You, mm-hmm. you don't want to leave stuff hot or cold, sitting out for an extended period of time because it really can increase your your chance of getting sick. Yes, that's correct. You don't want to ever leave food just sitting out. Um, Make sure it's in a process. If you're cooling it down or if you are fixing to serve, try to keep it hot if it's supposed to be hot or keep it cold if it's supposed to be cold. And hopefully um, with a nearby something to put it in, if it's supposed to be cold, maybe Keep an, a cooler if you know it's going to be a long event. Maybe that would be a good idea to keep a cooler with ice so that if it's going to be a longer event, you can stick it back in there and then people can still access it. But you can keep it to temperature to where it's safe. You don't. You definitely don't want to be serving up your baked beans along with some foodborne illness. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, Your Health and You presented by the Putnam County Health Department. Now, we've talked about uh, how, how hot our food should be. We've talked about washing our hands for food safety. We've covered cooling our foods and the temperatures that those should be. But what about getting we're getting ready to cook and we're going to we're going to do something out of the freezer uh had a great uh, sale on meat and so i stocked up my freezer's full but what's the proper way to do that should we thaw frozen food in the refrigerator should you do it under cold water should you do it in the microwave what's what are the practices that we should use frozen foods can be thawed in the refrigerator or under cool running water a microwave can be used to thaw foods as long as the food is being cooked immediately after thawing you don't want to leave foods just sitting out on the counter to thaw. Um, you could reach that potential danger zone above 41 degrees. So you want to make sure to try to keep it in the refrigerator or under cool running water. Perfect advice, especially for this time of year with the grilling and the and the chilling and all of the <laughs> things that we need to know to keep our food safe and, well, keep our family and friends safe, too. Your Health and You discussing safe food handling uh, tips and advice with Tiffany Johnson, environmental health specialist with the Putnam County Health Department. Tiffany, if someone would like more information over the topics we have covered today, uh, how could they get in touch with the health department? Um, they can reach me at 931-646-7703. Thanks so much, Tiffany. Uh, thank you uh, for joining me. I'm Marshall Lee, helping you be better informed, better prepared, and live a better life in the Upper Cumberland. Your health and you, presented by the Putnam County Health Department.